The epistle for this fifth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Peter's first epistle. Dearly beloved, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another, being lovers of the brotherhood, merciful, modest, humble, not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but on the contrary, blessing. For unto this you are called, that you may inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and let his lips not speak guile. Let him decline from evil and do good. Let him seek after peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are upon the just, and his ears are unto their prayers. But the countenance of the Lord upon them that do evil things. And who is he that can hurt you if you are zealous of good? But if you also suffer anything for justice's sake, blessed are you. And do not be afraid of their fear and do not be troubled, but sanctify the Lord Christ in your hearts. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the fifth chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Unless your justice abounds more than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. If therefore thou bring thy gift at the altar, and there thou remember that thy brother has anything against thee, leave there thy offering before the altar, and go first to be reconciled to thy brother, and then coming thou shalt offer thy gift. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Through anger, wisdom is lost so that we no longer know what we are to do or in what manner we should do it because it takes away the light of the understanding when it confuses the mind by stirring it up. Through anger, justice is abandoned. When the mind is thrown into disorder, this blunts the judgment of the reason so that whatever rage may suggest is considered right. Through anger, the pleasantness of social life is lost. For the man who will not moderate his feelings in accord with human reason needs must, like a wild beast, live alone. Through anger, peace and mutual concord is broken up. An ma angry man digs up sins, for he makes even the wicked worse than they were, provoking them to strife. Through anger, the light of truth is lost, for when anger brings the darkness of confusion upon the mind, God hides from it the ray of our knowledge of him. Through anger, the brightness of the Holy Ghost is shut out from the soul. If anger should deprive us of our peace of mind, it closes our soul to the Holy Ghost, and the soul, left empty by his absence, is soon led on to open folly, and his thoughts become disordered from top to bottom. We might wish that these words were addressed to the rioters all throughout our nation who are burning down buildings and pulling down statues, but in fact they were addressed to some Catholics in the 7th century by one of our popes, one of our greatest popes, Pope St. Gregory the Great. He was preaching on this very Sunday, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, which treats of the fifth commandment, our Lord giving us a deeper understanding of the fifth commandment. 
and he was giving the Christian message to them. What is the Christian message? It's the message of Christ. What is the message of Christ? It is love of God and love of neighbor. It's not hatred of God and hatred of neighbor. For our Lord, anger that is unjust must be condemned all the way down to its roots. The Jews of the time of our Lord practiced religion superficially, especially the scribes and the Pharisees, and they would say, well, the fifth commandment says, thou shalt not kill. And as far as I know, I haven't killed anybody, so I must be good. I must be okay. There's nothing wrong with me. But our Lord says, no, you know that the fifth commandment says not to kill. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother shall be liable to the judgment. Thinking evil against your brother, even if you do not act upon it, is wrong. Speaking evil against your brother is evil, even if you do not act upon it. Unjust anger is wrong in whatever form it is, whether it be thoughts, words, or actions. And the reason for this is that we are not allowed to return evil for evil. Evil does not justify evil. Nothing justifies evil. Even if you're a victim that does not give you the right to do evil against the one who is victimizing you, we know that, well, in other religions, this idea that returning for evil, evil for evil is, is, is wrong is, is not present um, in, in the religion of Islam. If, if someone insults the Prophet Muhammad, then, then they feel like they have a right to exercise physical violence against that person. You may recall that uh, when Benedict XVI gave a talk in Regensburg and in Germany at one time, and he was just quoting a, a, a dialogue between a Persian emperor and a Muslim, and he, you know, the Persian emperor said pretty much that the only thing that Islam has brought into the world is violence. Muslims around the world were upset, and they started doing acts of violence everywhere. We know that, well, for communists and anarchists, they return evil for evil whenever they have the opportunity. But that is not our religion. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. And our first pope in the epistle today makes it very clear that we are not to return evil for evil. Do not render evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, blessing. For it is to this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. If you want a blessing from God, you've got to bestow blessings on other people. If you want a curse from God, then you will do evil to other people. If we want to inherit the eternal blessing of heaven, then somehow we must do good to all. And our Lord makes it very clear that, that People can sometimes be confused about this when they practice religion. They can think that they are doing right religion, that they're pleasing to God when they're doing evil to others, when that's just not the case. They're, they feel like they have a righteous anger, but in fact, their anger is an unjust anger. He tells them at the very beginning, 
if your justice does not abound more than the scribes and the Pharisees, then you're going to go to hell. Unless the religion that you practice is better than what is practiced by the scribes and the Pharisees, then you're not going to make it. Our Lord even goes so far to, to make this point that he gives an illustration. And he says, look, if you're on the way to church, if you're driving to church, and you've got your collection money in your pocket, and you're saying, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to put this collection money in the, in the basket or whatever, and you remember that you have been angry with your brother and you haven't reconciled with your brother, well, you need to turn around, and you need to resolve that issue before you come to church. Why? Because of the fact that we cannot truly say that we love God while we hate our brother. If I come into church and I, and I kneel down, I genuflect and I kneel down and I say to God, oh, I love you so much, God. I, I want to do everything for you. I, I, I serve you. And then we walk out of a church and we see our brother and we're like, I hate your guts. Then, then there's, there's a direct contradiction. What, what our Lord is saying is there's a contradiction there. Our words to God are empty. They're, they can't be true because love of God and hatred of our neighbor are incompatible. You can't have them both together. They can't coexist in the same soul. St. John, the beloved apostle, he really emphasizes this in his first epistle. He says, he who says that he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness still. He who hates his brother is in the darkness and he does not know whither he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The scribes and Pharisees, as we know, they despised so many people. They looked upon people with contempt and had this bitterness towards them. And yet they thought that they were justified before God. And our Lord says, no. It's interesting that St. John points out later in that same epistle that we should not be surprised if the world hates us. Because hate is a characteristic, a fundamental characteristic of the world, just as love is a fundamental characteristic of the followers of Christ. This doesn't mean that we're pacifists, that we, we just bow down when people are doing physical violence against us. No, it means that we are always looking for the good of the other, whether that be people in society, whether that be our own family members. We're always looking for their good. And so we are always loving them in every single circumstance. No matter what evil they may be exercising against us, we have the good in mind. Hate, in the end, is a thing of the world. It's not a thing of the followers of Christ. Evil is a thing of the world. It's not a thing of the followers of Christ. You don't return evil for evil. You don't return hate for hate. You return love for hate. You return good for evil. So my dear faithful, let us pray definitely for those who are blinded by hate and, and trying to destroy our country, but let us not meet hate, their hate, with our hate. And above all, we should practice charity. We must strive very hard to practice charity in our own homes. This commandment of love of God and love of neighbor must find its expression in our homes, how easy it is for us to lash out one against the other and, have, and yet have this impression that we love God as we ought. 
Love starts at home. And if we cannot love our own loved ones, our own family members, and restrain our anger with them, how can we truly say that we love God when God himself came on earth and gave this commandment very clearly to us? St. Paul even gives us sort of adds, gives in a little addendum to what our Lord says about this commandment of love. And he, it's a very good rule for our homes. And that is that we must not let the sun go down upon our anger. Of course, St. Paul anticipates that there will be times when we're upset at one another. But he gives this rule. Don't let it be more than 24 hours. Make sure that before everybody goes to bed, we are all reconciled. And we don't let that, that anger or perhaps giving one another the silent treatment or perhaps giving one another the cold shoulder to last for two days, three days, four days, however long it may be. So my dear faithful, in this beautiful Mass, this, where, where all the proper is really, the whole Mass is centered around that love of God and love of neighbor, that, that Christian commandment. Um, the, the collect tells us that God has prepared invisible goods for those who love him. Let us manifest that we truly love God by our love towards our neighbor, by our love towards everyone that, that we encounter in this world, and especially by the avoidance of evil, that we don't indulge in evil um, when we're in a state of anger, especially that evil of unjust anger. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.